Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. I'm KJ and Taylor is here too. We are missing Jessica today. She is actually driving all the way home from the Oregon coast today. (laughs) With her three children. (laughs) Yes. Hope it's going well. Haven't talked to her in a while. I was texting her about stainless steel pans and probably (laughs) should have actually just been like, how are you? Are you doing well? But maybe she car? needed to talk about stainless steel yeah. pans in that moment. <laughs> maybe she did. Anyways, hope she's doing well. And today, Taylor and I are going to talk about how to have difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. And I am hoping to glean some <laughs> inspiration from this. I'm definitely like... Um, you know, talks the talk, but doesn't walk the walk with this topic. We all are with this one. Yeah, it's tough. So we're going to hopefully share some things that Mm -hmm. we can all use to have some tough conversations. So yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's go. I think it's important to figure out first, like, when you need to have a tough conversation with somebody because there are a lot of things. And we're talking about this not just in the context of like a romantic relationship, but in any relationship, a work relationship, familial, friendship, partner, parent-child, pretty much any, any context. And I think there are a lot of things that we can let roll off of our backs. A lot of things that, as my mother always says that's not the hill I'm going to die on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She she says that a lot in the context of parenthood. Like, Mm -hmm. is that really the hill you're going to die on? You know, like whether or not that child has a fruit by the foot, you know? And um, so you have to make that decision. So I think doing that prep work before not jumping into anything, really thinking about it. A lot of the times we recognize that we need to have a difficult conversation when a boundary is being repeatedly crossed or broken. And you'll know that by a visceral response that you will get and or an emotion like resentment. So like resentment is a hallmark of a broken boundary. So if you find yourself resenting your mom, resenting your partner, resenting your coworker for constantly coming over and talking to you about their weekend when you have five minutes left in the day and you want to get home to your family, you're resenting that person because they're breaking your boundary. Um, That person might not know that the boundary is even there and you might not even know the boundary is there (laughs) until you feel that reoccurring resentment. So you're in a situation with somebody that you care about, somebody that matters to you, right? I want to say like worth the conversation, worth the difficult conversation. Um, Repeatedly experiencing that resentment feeling and then needing to do something about it because you don't want to resent the people that you care about all the time. 
Yeah. Not a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sit well in the body. No. <laughs> so <laughs> to bounce off of that, where do you have this conversation? Where? Not over text. Nope. Not over email. Mm-hmm. FaceTime, phone call, in person. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that? Which sucks. I mean, it really does. I hate that it's like that because I don't like to do any of those things. <laughs> yeah. It's so important to because you have to look at it. You have to look at their face. They have to see your face. They have to feel your emotion. They have to feel how important it, uh, how important it is to you. They need to feel your empathy, the fact that you're making the boundary for a reason. It's helpful. Yeah. There's so much you gain from being in the same room as someone. Mm-hmm. So many nonverbals. And I mean, Taylor and I are virtual therapists. And mm-hmm. so we run into this just by doing virtual therapy. I mean, we can see our clients, but we can only see from like the shoulders up. There's Mm -hmm. so much communication that is missed. And I do miss that about seeing people in person. Mm -hmm. So if possible, if you can have tough conversations in person, do it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, FaceTime or a phone call, you can make it work too. But I just think it's so much more important. I mean, it's important to have those conversations Mm-hmm. Not over text. Yeah, because there's so much to be left to the imagination in a text message or an email. It almost always turns out not great. Yeah, like people who have had breakups over text. Mm-hmm. Like, is that really closure? I just right? feel like there's so much that can just linger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So then next step, if you've kind of set up, maybe you just kind of call someone out of the blue, I guess. But like if you Mm -hmm. have set up a time and you kind of can prepare for this, Taylor, what do you think people can do to like mentally prepare for a difficult conversation? Oh my gosh. This is a really important piece. I think you have to, you kind of have to be prepared for anything. And I know that sounds like weird, but it really is. Like after you've identified your resentment, like what's going on, I think you really have to focus on emotions, focus on feeling words. So get your feelings wheel out, identify. I'm just going to keep using that example and it might sound silly, but the coworker, you know, breaking the boundary for you. So focus on all of the feelings that you feel in those interactions. I feel um, sad. I feel frustrated. I feel annoyed. I feel discouraged. Um, a lot of the times we'll feel like somebody isn't considering us. Like we feel like lonely or isolated in that. Like, oh, like they're, they're not even thinking that I have all these kids at home and I haven't seen them in hours and I really want to go. Right. So focus on the feeling words that you feel and that will really help you when you communicate. You can even do you can even practice some I statements. Preparation for this is really important. So I feel frustrated when at the end of the day you're talking to me, but I need to leave. Or I feel um, dismissed when I tell you I need to leave, but you keep me at work by talking about these assignments. I feel um, 
sad when I don't get to get home to my family in time. So the reason that we do this again is to focus on the emotion because we want the other person to focus on the emotion too. We don't want it to sound like you're the worst. You keep me at work for hours and hours. You don't care about my family. You don't care about me. Don't you know I don't care about these projects at the end of the day? There's a very, very big difference between those two things. One focuses on you and how you're being affected and the other one is like an attack. So I think in preparation, calm yourself, calm your body, get ready for any outcome, grab your feelings wheel, pick out all of your emotions and practice those I feel statements. I feel blank when blank happens. That's like one technique, I think. I think another part of that too is just managing your expectations because when you go into a difficult conversation, you can only control you. You Mm -hmm. cannot control the other person or the outcome. Mm -hmm. And so maybe working through what your expectations are. If you are heading into something that's been kind of like a chronic problem in your relationship and you are expecting it to be solved in one difficult conversation, mm-hmm. you might be let down. <laughs> so yeah. it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, my expectation of this conversation is that I'm going to go into it with an open mind and hear what the other person has to say. And I am hopefully going to say what I feel like I need to say. And those are my two expectations of this conversation and we'll go from there. Yeah, that's so true because when you create a belief of like this person, if this person loves me or cares about me, they will hear what I'm saying and change. Like if you have that expectation, you will be disappointed most of the time because Mm -hmm. people also need time to process as well. Somebody told me this the other day. They were having a difficult conversation with somebody and they said, that's interesting. I need some time to think about this. And I loved that response. And she was the person that was like, somebody was coming to have a difficult conversation with her. And I loved what she said. She was probably feeling like overwhelmed, probably feeling like it was a lot, but she said, that's, it was one of my clients. She said, that's interesting. Let me think about that. Wow. Which is like a very respectful, understanding way of doing that. But it also bought her a little bit of time because maybe she was feeling triggered, you know, like, oh gosh, this isn't going great. I need some time to process this. And then the other person was like, okay, yeah, for sure. And then they set up a time to talk about it later. But I thought that was a really good way to handle it if you were feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that, like managing kind of that emotional flooding that can happen in the conversation because mm-hmm. um, I think this might be from the book Cruci- Crucial Conversations. Really should have looked it up beforehand, <laughs> but it's the idea that, you know, if things aren't going well in a conversation and you're prone to getting emotionally flooded and triggered, it might steer you one of two ways. It could steer you towards silence, so shutting down, or it could steer you towards violence or, mm-hmm. you know, like unsafe words or actions. So silence or violence, we want to avoid both of those responses because neither of those are helpful. Yeah. Or healthy or productive, right? So yeah. how how do we manage kind of that emotional flooding that can easily happen during a tough conversation. 
What yeah. do you think? Do you have any ideas? Yeah, I always imagine like uh, like we talk about it when Jessica talks about kids. She always talks about those zones, right? Like green zone, yellow yes. zone, red zone, which I always use with my adults because we're just big children, you know? And so it's like my green zone is I can handle this. I can have this conversation. I can be open-minded. The yellow zone is I'm starting to feel a little heightened, starting to feel triggered, starting to feel a little, my breathing's a little erratic. I'm feeling a little foggy. Like it's difficult for me to focus. And then the red zone is that like silence or violence where it's just like, I'm going to come at you, bro. Lip or I'm going to, yes, yes. Or I'm just going to like, you know, stonewall you like nobody's business and just try to hurt you, you know? So yes. I thought for like KG Mitchell, that first step really is like identifying where you are which takes some internal regulation. So it's like, where am I? Am I green? Am I yellow? Am I red? And if you're in the yellow, I think being in the yellow is a great opportunity to say to that person or to say, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling misunderstood. You always use a feeling word. And I don't think that continuing this conversation would be helpful at this time. I'd like to do it later. And you might have a pushback from that person. Well, you brought this up and da, 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 da. you know, they might be getting into their red zone too. And I think again, hold that new boundary, hold it, hold, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> it's like just, I'm, I'm feeling this way. I cannot be safe. I need some time. Yeah. And then you follow through with that boundary. Yeah. And I breathing. Like just breathe. Just keep breathing. You know, breathe. And like KJ said, breathe and remind yourself of your expectations. My expectation was to have an open mind. My expectation was for me to communicate myself effectively. That's what my expectation is right now. Yep. Yeah. And at that when you get to a certain point, like how productive is it really? I think it's a exactly. skill, a conversational skill to know when to stop something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because some people can just rehash it for hours and yeah. hours and talk in circles. And, yeah. Um, well, they're chasing, they're chasing that feeling to feel better. They want to feel yes. better. They want to feel resolution. So they're going and they're going, they're going when they're not, you're not going to get it at that point. A hamster on a wheel. Yes. Yeah. You just got to get off the wheel. <laughs> get off the wheel. Um, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I think it's important to notice um, the acronym HALT. Mm -hmm. um, if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Mm -hmm. So, you know, basically like, are your physical needs being met? Are there other things going on kind of like, deeply emotional for you that are causing you to maybe respond and react in ways that aren't typical mm -hmm. and just be like tuned into that stuff yeah. when you're trying to have these conversations or preparing for them. Yeah. I feel like, and, and kind of like a different level, I oh, that's always an issue with my husband and I, Logan. It's like... <laughs> You will find us most of the time having a difficult conversation. Then one person goes, I'm just really tired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just like, maybe I'm like coming at him and I'm like, well, do you understand this? And, and I'm feeling this and all this stuff. And he'll go, I'm just really tired. And then that's usually the thing where I'm like, okay, okay. That's yeah. like him communicating. I'm not 
in a place for this. I cannot be there for you. I cannot help you with this right now. And then it's like, okay, okay. We need, this is not the time. Exactly. Exactly. So say we get through this conversation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Some people will get to a resolution or like a good feeling at the end. Mm -hmm. But what do you do? If you don't, and you're left feeling unsettled. Yeah. That is a lot more common than we think <laughs> because yeah. a lot of a lot of the times I find that like when we're ready for a difficult conversation or we're ready to set that boundary or we're ready to like really jump in because our resentment has built and we're we're there, the other person's not always there, you know, or they're not always in a place where they can face the reality of that situation where they can own up to their pieces or they can validate where you are or even make room for your emotions. So that's the hard thing about being a human is we're all so individual and we don't always line up right when we want to. So we do as much as we can, like KJ said, of like choosing a time, choosing a format, picking a space, you know, preparation. So we do as much as we can to line up, but we can't always completely line up. And so I think in that moment, after you've had that conversation, it might not feel really great afterwards, but maybe you have met your objectives of like having an open mind and communicating yourself effectively. And maybe that person didn't receive you well, or maybe they attacked you, or maybe they were rude or crass or unfeeling. And in that moment, I think it's one of the most helpful things to do is to step back and say, how did I show up in this situation? Like I respected them. I communicated. I made space for their feelings. I did not attack them. I was boundaried. I was principled. I did what I came to do in a way that I can be proud of myself. And then you say, and they had feelings about that, but Mm. that's okay because they are entitled to their feelings. So it's like, you know, say I'm going to visit my best friend and we've made plans and we're so excited and I choose to not go for some reason and I have to have this difficult conversation with her and tell her that I'm not going to come. So I set it up with her. I get ready and I say, you know, I'm not coming because I've chosen not to because I need to do this instead. And say she gets really sad or passive aggressive or angry or whatever. And I make room for that and I handle that and I'm boundaried and make time for her, you know, her emotions. And it might not end well, but at the end, she has every right to be upset that I've chose not to come. And that's a her emotion. And she can handle that because she's an adult and she's in charge of her emotions. I don't say that being like, and here's permission to say whatever you want to people and then they got to deal with it because that's a them problem. That's not what we're saying here. But when you do show up as a caring, respectful person who's ready to validate and ready to make space for people, if they have feelings about that, that is, that's theirs to deal with and that's okay. And I think that's just like, for me, that's an over and over and over again thing. Like, that's okay. It's okay that they feel that way. It's a, They can deal with that. They can handle that. If they want to come to me and talk to me, if they need support, if I can lend that, I'm here for them. They can be upset. 
they can feel that. That's okay. Yeah. I really like that. I like how you said that. And that just made me think too of like just the way we communicate Mm -hmm. today's day and age. Um, Like you may step away from a conversation, whether it was resolved or not, and you might have those people that just want the last word oh my gosh, that like yes. after you step away from the conversation they like think about it and they mm-hmm. stew and ruminate mm-hmm. and then they're like I'm just gonna text and like oh yeah this thought I just had yeah and so mm-hmm. a way you can deal with that <laughs> one not responding is a boundary yes right? yes and that is I would not put that in the category of like silence like you're shutting mm-hmm. down and you're mm-hmm. withdrawn like I I think it's different because they are sending you something where they know it's not in person so mm-hmm. they have to understand the reality that you could choose not to respond yeah mm-hmm. um or if you do want to respond you could just say something like I got your text mm-hmm I'll think about it or, you know, yeah, something yeah. Where it's like you don't have to feel like you need to respond mm-hmm. and like all of this rehashing. You just don't. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just kind of wired to think like things are so immediate now, like back and forth communication yes. can be so fast that it's uh-huh. like, oh man, they gave me this response and now I have to respond right back. No, if you don't have no. the emotional energy to do that, or you don't want things to be written out where they can be screenshotted and sent to other people. Yes. You just yeah. much prefer to have things stay in person. Keep it that way. And you can just say, hey, like I got your text. I'd prefer to talk about this in person again another time. And no, I think that's such a good thought. And I, I love that part where sometimes – like not responding is a response. I really like yeah. that. And you have to and you have to ask yourself in that moment, does this deserve a response? Does this text warrant a response or a reaction from me? And sometimes that answer is no. So I think that is good to just let that let that float out into I always imagine when somebody sends you a text like that, it's like shot out into the universe and it hasn't been received. And so if you don't respond, it just kind of like keeps floating out into the universe. Like yeah. <laughs> I always yeah. visualize that. I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to let that float by. I'm, I I don't – just because somebody can have immediate access to me doesn't mean they deserve immediate access to me. So yeah. I don't have to respond to this. And I think people just process things at different speeds. Yes. So, so yeah. Some people just <laughs> – might need a a while for things to just kind of settle and figure out what they want moving forward so I don't know those analytical brains I was about to say analytical brains versus expressive right (laughs) yeah well yeah and I yeah I think it's like if anything in this episode we just really want to normalize how these are not always textbook conversations like yeah. it's not always oh i set up a time and i did all these things right and it was supposed to go great and it didn't i think that's just like a lot more normal um and i think 
the most common thing is that person just not being on the same level, not being completely ready for what you have to say. That person could very well be ready later or at a different time or after a certain experience. And that's pretty realistic. But again, I love what KJ said. I think that's like the perfect formula. Like what are my expectations? You know, like communicate how I feel effectively and have an open mind. And if you can do both of those things, then I think that is a successful experience. Yeah. Well, take this and go forth and go forth and communicate. Hopefully not many (laughs) wrecking ball conversations. (laughs) (laughs) You know, hopefully this equips you um, Mm -hmm. for some of those tough ones. Yeah, yeah. We will try to do the same. Yeah, and we have hard conversations because they're important, you know. Like yes. that's why you have them is because they're important and you deserve them and you, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's like when we talk about boundaries in our boundary episode where it's like people don't, people always feel very threatened by boundaries, but we make boundaries because we love and we want to improve these relationships because if we yeah. didn't, we wouldn't care about making a boundary. <laughs> we yeah. just like write you off, you know? So I think that it's the same with hard conversations. Like I'm having this hard conversation with you because I care about you and I want this to be okay eventually. So just logging that away. Yeah, committing that to memory immediately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. We will catch you next time. See ya. Mm-hmm. Bye.